Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Amen. And I want to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1, and uh, verse 2 as well. Thank you for standing with me while we pretend like we're still turning in our Bibles to the book of Hebrew chapter 12. And I will read from King James today just because it's poetic and it uses a word that I want to focus on today. It says, wherefore seeing we, are, we also are compassed about with such great a cloud of witnesses... I want to focus on that word cloud. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking, or another translation says, focusing our eyes on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, I need your help today. Use me for your glory to reach someone that needs to hear this message and make an eternal decision that will bless their lives forever. I ask that you would confirm your word with signs, with miracles and wonders, that as we go about our day, we'll say, surely we've been in the presence of Almighty God. And I declare it done in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and everybody said amen would you give him a praise one more time <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah you can be seated in the presence of the Lord last week I flew up to Chicago to see my mother I was going through some things and well, that starts gossip. She's not going through it. I just want to go see my mom. But anyhow, I was going up to see her, and it had been a little while since I had gotten my favorite egg rolls in Chicago and my pizza and my ribs. And so every now and then I make a 24-hour journey to Chicago, and I go to, I don't want to name all the places. Well, it, I go to, it, it doesn't matter. I'm doing, I'm working on my rambling, if you haven't noticed. But I go and I get my food, and I see my mother. And my brother dropped off my nephews. My nephews are under the age of six, and they wanted to spend the night and have a sleepover with Tio Tony. And I said, bring those babies to me. And my brother's like, you realize I'm not going to come to the sleepover. You realize I'm ditching my children with you. you. You realize what I'm doing. I'm like, baby, bring them. I cannot wait. And everyone that has young kids, you know what that's like. Any moment where you can find a grandparent, sometimes even a stranger, anytime someone will play with your child, you're like, good, go play with them. I'm going to go get my nails did. Hallelujah. Anytime you can get a break. And so Andrew saw the opportunity for a break. I said, bring those babies to me. And I had so much fun. And one of, what my, one of my nephews is going to be, he's going to pastor a mega church or start a new denomination. I mean, he's like a walking Bible. He is five years old. And that, that boy can quote the Bible, the scriptures. He can tell me Bible stories. And I like to mess with his head. I told him, I was trying to put him to sleep. And I told him I was going to tell him the story 
story of Joshua and Delilah and Moses and the lion's den. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about that time that Abraham fought Goliath. And he's like, Tony, that is not the story. It's not, you got it wrong. And so I just, I love those kids. And one of the things I love about those kids is their wild imagination. Because I got teenagers at home now. They lost their imagination. They're literal. Pessimistic. Lord, forgive me for cursing my kids. They don't see the half, they don't see a glass half full. They just see, every, I mean, they have the spirit of Eeyore is what I tell them. Everybody's teenager here has gone through the same. Where nothing's good, nothing's right. Breakfast, cut. you serve them breakfast in here. <sighs> Eggs again. I'm like, there's only three things that people eat for breakfast in the entire world. Yes, eggs again. And so Gina tells me, she said, I have a hunch that you were a better little kid's dad than you are a teenager dad. And I'm hoping this is the one Sunday my kids don't tune in to my sermon. Because she's right. I love little kids. I can't wait to be a grandfather. Not now. Down the, Because that'll be the part my kids tune into. They're like, well, dad, maybe about 10 years down the road, I'm, I'm excited about being a grandpa and having little kids again. And doing all the things you do with little kids and, and all the games you play and the wild imagination and telling crazy stories and building forts and, and all. And, and when I was with my nephews, I just like hearing them talk because they come up with the wildest things. We're outside and there's some clouds out there. And one of them says, look, a puppy. I said, yeah. The other one said, a bunny. I said, yeah. But they didn't know that earlier that week, I had flown through some clouds. I was coming home, and it was the worst storm I have flown through in a long time. You have heard me tell the analogy of flying on airplanes and turbulence more times than I can remember. I probably told that story here more than anywhere else about what you do on an airplane when you're flying through a storm and there's turbulence and it's bouncing. You can always tell who's the new flyer because they get real religious on the airplane and pulling out rosary beads and prayer mats and Bibles. and It's amazing. You don't bring a Bible to church, but everybody's got their good old Catholic Bible on the airplane. They just pull it out of nowhere. And I mean, they just prayer shawls, praise flags come out of everywhere. I don't even know where you packed them. They get real religious when the storm comes. And I learned a long time ago, you just watch the flight attendant and the pilot. And if they have peace, you have peace. And I've told you, if they get religious, then you get religious. <laughs> and about a week and a half ago, the flight attendant got religious. We were bouncing, and I'm telling you, I haven't bounced. It was enough of a bounce that I left my seat. And she said, oh, my God. And I said, it's been a long time since I talked in Holy Ghost tongues on an airplane, but I let that language loose. I 
I'm telling you, I stirred up the gift of every father of the faith. There's a little Kenneth Hagin, a little Oral Roberts, there's a little Rito Suarez, James Kilgore, there was a little Benny Hinn and Kenneth Cope. There's a little bit of everybody in there. I'm like, I declare I am favored of God. This plane's not going down. I mean, I'm speaking, I'm declaring, I'm decreeing. And it, <laughs> and it calmed down before I calmed down. <laughs> and we got through the, the turbulence and the bell rang and the captain came on. And he goes, well, that was fun, wasn't it? And I'm still, you know, I'm still, you know how you used to be after Sunday night, like your little, you know, shakamu has ended, but you're still whispering. You're not even talking, but your lung, your lips are still moving. Just. And he said, if you look out your window, doesn't it look beautiful now? I'm like, dude, you are trying to talk me off of the ledge and I'm still there. Like I need a minute to breathe. But see, every storm cloud looks pretty from the distance. Every, every, every cloud looks fluffy and cute. And you think angels bounce on them. And you buy products based on how fluffy you think the clouds are. But the reality is there's nothing cute about a cloud. There's nothing nice about a cloud. There's a storm inside of the cloud. There's turbulence inside of the clouds. There's something raging and brewing inside of those clouds. And the Bible references a great cloud of witnesses. And it's referring to Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the Hall of Faith. The Hall of Fame. All of the greats are there. You got Abraham and Noah, David, Gideon. All the all-stars of the Bible from the Old Testament are in Hebrews chapter 11. And the Bible says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. These are the great men, the mighty men and women, the people that did great exploits in the Lord. And they're the ones that in prayer or in our pursuit to seek God, we say, I want to have the faith of Abraham. I want to be like David. I want to be like Daniel because we see the cloud of the greatness. We see the beautiful, we, we see the beauty, we see the wonder, we see the good things. And so looking from a distance, I say, I want to be just like David, but we don't see that to be like David, I have to have a Goliath. Oh, I want to have the faith of Abraham, but I don't see the cloud that was Abraham's journey. Man, I want to stand firm like Daniel, but I don't see the cloud that is the lion's den. Uh, you look at someone's marriage that's picture perfect and you say, I wish I had that marriage. But you don't know the cloud of counseling and the cloud of fighting and the cloud of hard days and bad days and rough weeks and rough years that it took for them to have that beautiful marriage that you now see from a distance. You see someone's kids serving the Lord and, 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 and I mean, they just look like the epitome of Christianity and you say, I wish I had that family, but you don't know what it took to get to that place. Hebrews 11 says, by faith, Abraham did this and Noah did such and, and 
Sarah this, and, and uh, uh, who else? Is it? Moses did this, and Red Seas opened, and Jericho falls, and Joshua this, and, and then it says, and by faith, Abraham, uh, forgive me, by faith, Abel was killed. And by faith, Noah was ridiculed. By faith, Abraham had to come out of paganism. And by faith, Moses killed a man. By faith, the harlot Rahab. Never want to forget anybody's past, do we? What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of the clouds of witnesses named Gideon and Barak. Yes, President Barak made it. And Samson and David, and Samuel, and the other prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. That's the cloud I want. But it goes on and it says, and others had the trial of cruel mockings and scourgings and bonds and imprisonments and were stoned, were stoned and were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain, wandered in goatskins and sheepskins. They were destitute. They were afflicted. They were tormented. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. From a distance, it looks beautiful. But if you got all up in their business, it was a storm. Why, Brother Tony Suarez, when the pastor of this church said this was going to be the greatest Sunday ever, and he just repented publicly for declaring that the greatest Sunday ever was three months ago, and he's come to grips with that wasn't the best Sunday, this is the best Sunday ever, why, in the name of everything is, that is holy, would you show up here on Halloween and preach a Halloween sermon? Because I'm preaching to people that can't see the beauty on the horizon. Because they're living in the cloud. They're living in the storm. They're living in the fight. They're living in the tension. They're living in the stress. They're living in all of the things that make up the day that they're in. And the plane is bouncing and the marriage is rocky and the kids are rebellious and the spouse and, 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 and the church and the pastor and, and the government and the money and the Astros. I'm praying for him, by the way. I'm telling everything, nothing looks right. And I come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth to tell you that when it's all said and done, someone's going to look at your cloud and say, that's a beautiful life. That's a beautiful marriage. That's a, I don't know how they got to where they got, but someone is going to see the beauty of God in your storm. Oh, give them praise today. Someone's going to look. Someone is looking and they're going to say, look at how beautiful. It doesn't feel beautiful while you're living in it. Doesn't feel, doesn't feel beautiful while you're going through it. But on the other side of the storm, ooh, if you weren't so scared of COVID, I'd say touch your neighbor and say on the other side, but don't do it. But on the other side of this storm is a beautiful testimony of a way-making miracle worker God that made a way where there seemed to be no way. 
And oh, by the way, that miracle is not just for you, but it's because there's someone else down the line that's going to be going through their own storm, and they're going to need hope. They're going to need a witness that God is good, and they're going to look at your life. They're going to look at what you went through, and they're going to say, if he did it, if she did it, I'm surrounded by a cloud. You are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses here at Life Church. You're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, Friendswood. We are not perfect people. We are messed up, jacked up people, but God got in our life, and God took care of the storm, and he made us new. He made us whole. He healed us. He delivered us. He brought us out of depression, brought us out of sin, brought us out of the things of this world, and if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Hallelujah. You know that, that devil I was preaching about last week? I forgot to tell you something about that whole, you know, crazy uh, deliverance services that used to happen. Told you about the one person that would pin them down and the other person waved the hanky and the person that would march with the Bible. And I told you about that person always come over, what is thy name? That would really tick my dad off. <laughs> he would walk over and he'd say, he is the father of all lies. Do you really think he's going to identify himself with his real name? Have we not watched cops long enough? What's your name, Martin? No, it's not. It's David. I just checked your ID. This enemy of your soul, which is the, he is the father of all lies. And the lie that I feel that he's trying to work over some of you is that you're the only one going through what you're going through. You're the only one whose marriage is dealing with this and you're the only one whose kids are doing that and you're the only one have, being tempted with this and that and you're the only one that's been struggling in your faith and you're the only one that's been a little depressed and you're the only one going through this. He has a way of isolating us from the cloud of witnesses pulling us away from people that could help us and getting us away and getting us in a cave. And listen, don't feel bad. There's a prophet named Elijah who called fire down from heaven and the next day was hiding in a cave and he said, I'm the only one left and now they're going to kill me too. Even prophets, even priests, even preachers and bishops and apostles and evangelists and teachers, even the super saint that's in this church, everybody has to go through those moments where the father of lies will try to isolate you and make you feel you are the only one living through this. But this is why you need to read the word and get in the word and learn the word. I'm encouraging you, read Hebrews 11 and read Hebrews 12 and get it in your spirit. Because when I read it, I'm reminded... This has been going on for thousands of years. I'm not the only one that's been struggling. I'm not the only one that's had to live through a fight. There are century after century after centuries, not just of storms and of fights and of issues, but of the mercy and the blessing and the restoration of God. And when I read it, my spirit is encouraged. If God did it for Barak, if God did it for Gideon, hey, even Samson made the hall of faith. I know you religious people like to focus on what he did 
did with Delilah, but I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the mercy of God because when it was all said and done, God doesn't judge Samson by what he did with Delilah. God's purpose was fulfilled in Samson's life, and there is a Samson in this room. You got one moment in your life, and you say, that's going to identify everything I ever did, but God says, I don't identify you by your Delilah's. I identify you by your purpose, and when it's all said and done, what I said over your life, what I destined for your life, that shall come to pass. Even Samson made it to the person in this room that says, Suarez, I am barely hanging on. You don't know how messed up I am. You're right. But because someone wrote a book about it, I know how messed up Samson was. And if he made it, and not just made it, but was celebrated and made the hall of faith. If that happened to Samson, the Bible says he's not a respecter of persons. If it happened for Samson, it'll happen for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just the only one. I'm, I'm the only one struggling. Oh no, others have run the race and they've not just run the race, they've won the race. It takes hard work to serve the Lord. It takes perseverance and endurance. It, it, it takes commitment. It requires us giving up anything and everything that would endanger our walk with God. I gotta love him enough to say I love you more than anything else there is. And my heart is towards you, oh God, and so I understand the cloud of witnesses. I understand the fight, but I want to win. I want to win. I don't want to just, I don't understand these new boxing matches where you don't win any money or a belt. Why would you get punched in the face, beat up for nothing? I need money. Money cometh. I need a trophy. I need some people. Oh, we're just doing it for fun, for exhibition. Why? There's a prize at the end of this race, ladies and gentlemen. There's a prize at the end of this fight. And here's, here's the good news. Here's the good news about serving God. We always win. We, oh, no, no. See, we always win. Because I'm in Texas. Siempre ganamos. No de vez en cuando. No ahí, allá. Siempre ganamos. We always win. Because he has a way of taking what the devil meant for evil and turning it around for our good. You can go through the worst battles and God will redeem it and turn it into something good. You can fall into sin and God will redeem it and turn it into a story of redemption. God has a way of turning things around. I was with a friend of mine yesterday and we were comparing stories about when we, when we were flat broke and had nothing. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, this, one, this one's gonna top it all. Have you, ever had, have you ever been friends with a topper? Okay, he said, this one's gonna top it all. I was so broke. How broke were you? I was so broke that at 2 a.m. the repo truck
truck showed up to take my truck away. And we were inside just laughing. What do we do? We don't have anything. He goes, dude, they hooked up the truck and they were driving it to Dallas. And a storm came through. He said, bro, a hail storm came through totaled the truck. There was so much damage, the truck was totaled. He goes, bro, you're not going to believe what happened. The bank paid off the truck and sent me a check for $4,000. Now, you might say that's a crazy story, but someone that's ever had to live through extreme poverty right now is saying, me too, Jesus. Do it in my life. Do it for my car right now. Now, that might sound like a crazy story, but I want you to replace the truck with your life. There's a few times that the de demons of hell said, this one's coming with us. This one belongs to us. And God said a storm from heaven against hell and said, no, I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to sanctify them. I'm going to bless them. And not only am I going to bless them, I'm going to prosper them. I'm not just going to salvage them. I'm going to give them a new life. When you get water baptized today, that's exactly hallelujah. Hallelujah, what the blood of Jesus is going to do. You're not just coming out a wet sinner. You're coming out redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Your name changes, your identity changes, and you won't look like the storm you've been through. You'll look like the heaven you're going to. Somebody give him praise. Oh, you ought to praise God like you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Give him praise for the blood. Give him praise for redemption. Someone give him praise. Hallelujah. So you can win this race. You could be on your way to a sinner's hell and God reverse the curse. Like the car was being repoed. Hell can think it's taking you off but God can reverse the curse. It could seem like your marriage is on the way to divorce course, but God will reverse the curse. It could seem like it's time to wipe your hands clean and say, I'm done with these kids, but the blood will reverse the curse. You'll be reminded that it is written, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house shall be saved. I feel beautiful testimonies being birthed in the middle of storms. I know they look like ugly clouds in the middle of it, but you're going to look back and say, wow, look what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. All right, Suarez, you've inspired me. Now help me. The Bible says you got to run the race with patience. This might yeah, I'm, I'm a very competitive person, especially when it comes to sports and my kids. When we played t-ball and they didn't keep score, I kept score. The only person I know worse than me is Phil Daigle, and he's not here, but you let him know I'm talking about him. He's the only one I know worse than me about it. But we'd be playing t-ball, and they're like, oh, it's all about just the kids getting out there and having fun. I'm like, yeah, you have fun. I'm keeping score. Cole would get to first base. He'd be like, what's the score? I'm like, 26 to 2. I'm like, we got to, we got to beat them. It's like, Dad, it's 26 to 2. I'm like, I want to see 30 runs. Very competitive. So I remember when we got to that first T-ball ceremony and they were handing out the participation trophies. It really bothered me. 
because I need to see first place. I need to see, I want to see the bigger trophies. So this might offend some of you super saints of God. I, forgive me, I don't mean to be sarcastic. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. This will offend the religious that think they're better than everybody. Because when you get to heaven, there is no MVP. This was the holiest saint in all the land. This was the best male saint. This was the best female saint. Everybody gets the same reward when they get to heaven. All you have to do is endure the race. That means it doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter if you fall as long as you get up and you keep running, walking, or power walking. As long as you cross the line, your heavenly father is waiting at the finish line and says, well done, well done, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You made it. You made it. I've been cheering for you. I've been rooting for you. I was the one that was encouraging you. You know when you fell and you felt like a like your second win that was me saying come on I know you can make it I know you can make it I was the one protecting you I had angels around you and I had you in the palm of my hand because I knew you were going to cross the finish line you know what's not going to happen in heaven you're not going to cross the line and find a father up there saying whoo I didn't think you're gonna make it. It was really touch and go there for a minute, buddy. Nor are you gonna find him with his chancla saying, buddy, man, you've been in the church 36 years and you were living like that. You're not gonna find judgment. You're not gonna find a you're going to find a father that celebrates you and affirms you and says, well done. All you got to do is endure the race. Endure the race. That means you don't start too fast and don't start too slow. Five years ago this month, it's just in my mind, just right, because it was about a month after Jessica's passing, Michael signed me up to run, to run a 5K with her. Did you already do the I'm a 5K? February, well, let me, let me, here, let your, let your health coach right now give you a little lesson about running 5Ks. As you can see, I'm in shape by the help of Spanx. Uh, let, all right. They had to coach us parents, and they said, don't run too fast and don't run too slow. Keep your eyes on the prize and just keep running, walking, or going forward. And I thought about my walk with God. This is about enduring, not being too fanatical either way. I'm a, I'm a, the Lord's number is seven. So I'm, I'm going to pray seven hours for seven days, for seven months, for seven years. Because at that point it's 49 and the next number is 50 and then I know my jubilee is coming. 
Jesus fasted 40 days and he said ah, that the works that I do, so shall you do and works greater than these. So if he fasted 40, I'm going to fast 41. You might see him sooner than you expected. I remember one time a guy came to my dad. We were going to have a big Thanksgiving dinner at the church. And everybody was coming. I don't remember why we did it that way. But everybody's going to come to church. And we're going to have a big Thanksgiving dinner. And this guy that wanted, he just, he just wanted, you know, anyways. I talk like my dad now. He wanted to show off. He said, Brother Suarez, I'm sorry. I'm coming, but I won't participate. For I am fasting on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and my dad looked him in the eye and said you show off why don't you fast on Friday or Saturday you're fasting because you want to put on a show for everybody you want everyone to see you sitting over there with your empty plate with your fork and your knife and say oh look at this is just the way my dad was oh how holy is he how committed is he he said you go fast in private in your house and you come and you're going to eat turkey with me on Thursday stop being fanatic Stop doing crazy stuff that's not needful. And then the Bible says, let's lay aside. By the way, I'm almost done. I know you got stuff to do today. Let's lay aside every weight. The weight of negativity and criticism and complaining. The weight of this world. If Facebook is a weight, cancel your account. Just get rid of it. Hey, Brother Zuckerberg changed his name this week to Meta, which in Hebrew means death. He prophesied by accident. Some of y'all are dying because of Facebook. Just turn it off. If your friend is, just get rid of the things that are so easily Drawing us away from God and keep your eyes focused on him. Put some blinders on to all the craziness. Peter's walking in a miracle moment with Jesus in front of him. And all of a sudden he sees waves more than he sees Jesus. Don't let the momentary issues of right now Take your focus and distract you from Jesus. Keep your eye on him and run towards him. Because whether you can see it or not, we have a lot of good things happening for us right now. There's a lot of blessing happening right now. There's revival taking place right now. Increase coming right now. But when you're in the storm, you can't see it. Stand with me, because I'm coming to the close. When you're going through it, you just feel the weight. Gina signed me up for a trainer. Probably because I'm still talking about a 5K I ran five years ago. 
and I didn't even run it. I walked it. <laughs> Power walking, though. You should have seen me. I look good in the pictures. Sign me up for a trainer. That first day, good God in heaven. Why the man decided to start with leg day. The next day, when I got, and I'm not exaggerating, the next day I had to fly out to go somewhere. I had to, you know, when they were opening the airplane and they say, if we have any guests that need a little extra time or assistance, I was walking on and I'm not making fun of anybody with any kind of, you know, condition or whatever. I'm not making fun. I'm just telling you, I walked on like this. I had a brace on one knee and I'm dragging the other leg and the lady at the gate thought like I was faking. You know, she thought, and I'm like, lady, I'm in as much pain as anybody else in this line. I just forgot to order the wheelchair. And I mean, I was hurting. And I told Gina, I said, I can't go back. I can't do that anymore. Look at, look at how I, she said, you got to endure it. You just got to keep going. You got to keep going. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I stopped going, but I went for about three weeks. <laughs> I went for, oh, thank you, Jesus, that even these funny stories work. And this was by accident because I wasn't thinking about it. I don't even know where it came from right now. I went for about three weeks. And you know what? She was right. That second week, it was a little easier. The third week, it was a little easier. But I stopped going. That's how some of you have approached your Christian walk. That was by accident, ladies and gentlemen. That's not anywhere in my notes, but I'm going to make sure it goes in my notes. It's hard at first. Well, but I got to give up this. I got to, if it, and, and, and you got people encouraging, just go a little further and go just a little more. And you know what? As the weeks go by, it's a little easier to walk with Jesus. It's a little easier to tune things up. But then life happens and instead of quitting the gym, we quit the church. We quit the faith. And you know, it's always a little tough to get back into it. But once you get back into it, it's just, you, you just pick up where you left off. And so I'm reaching for someone today. It's been, it's been a minute. You've been laying on the floor. You just sat down. You fell and you just haven't gotten back up. He is faithful and he's just. And I got good news. Bible says a just man falls seven times. But he gets back up again. So I'm encouraging you today. I'm not judging you. I'm encouraging you today. Get up. Keep going forward. Whether you're running or walking or limping, just keep going forward. And one day on the other side of this, you're going to look and say, wow, look at that beautiful cloud. I don't ever want to go back to it. Don't ever want to live it again. But now on the other side, I see how God got the glory out of that storm. Friendswood, I'm going to start with you and then I'll work on this house. He's calling you today. He's calling you. He's showing you that he's been with you. He's a good God. He's a good father and he's reaching for you right now. And so I want to call on those at Friendswood. You heard what pastor said about water baptism. I believe the cameras were on at that point. If you've never been water baptized, or maybe it was a long time ago, 
and you feel like you need to be baptized again, that's okay. He's calling on you today. He's calling on you today. And so I want to ask you, Friendswood, if you're one of 10 or more that says, I want to sign up to be water baptized because I want a change. I don't want to stay the same. If that's you, and again, I'm working on Friendswood. I'm coming back to you. Friendswood, if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Pastor Bo, you'll help me look for those hands. And once you raise those hands, because in a moment, I feel to pray one more thing and then I'll turn it to Pastor Bo. But when you raise those hands, I want to invite you to come forward and identify with Christ this very moment. If you're one of those 10, Friendswood, get ready. One, two, two and a half. Someone's on the fence, two and three quarters. Three, raise that hand, Friendswood. Raise that hand in Friendswood. Raise the hands. Raise those hands. Say, it's me. It's me. It's me. I'm no longer going to be known by my storm. I'm going to be identified with Christ. Now, beyond that, beyond those that are coming forward at Friendswood for water baptism, if you had your hand raised, start making your way forward. Beyond that, I sense a need for healing. Now, you could say that about any room, but I sense that there's a great need in Friendswood for healing right now. So if you need, a, if you need the Lord to touch you and heal, you raise your hands in Friendswood. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, may the gift of healing and the working of miracles be loosed right now. Paul prayed over handkerchiefs, and when the handkerchiefs got to the sick, they were healed. I pray through fiber optic cable. I pray through cameras. I pray through social media and the anointing that's on me comes on you now. Be healed and delivered, touched by the power of God. Friends would begin to give God a mighty praise. Begin to give God a mighty praise. Pastor Bo, lay hands, rebuke devils, declare healing and baptize them. If you missed the fajitas, I'm sorry, but take care of that house right now. God bless your Friendswood in Jesus' name. Somebody give God praise for what he's doing in Friendswood. I don't know all the words, but I know you know them and I feel it. Turn your eyes.